You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Greetings again from SprottMoney.com and Sprott Money News. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. It is Friday, December 16th, 2016. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual today is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Good morning, Craig. Uh, another um, difficult week, but uh, let's hash it out and see if we got something to look forward to. Exactly, my friend. It was a very painful week, and it has been a a tough month. But it does look a lot like 2015 in the sense that price came down in December, uh, reacted by going down 3% right after the FOMC, which is exactly what happened last December. And now we'll just see what happens into year end. What do you make of all that price action this week? Sure. Well, as you know, and as we've had to uh, experience uh, all too often, uh, the Fed makes these pronouncements about all these rate increases, as they said there before in 2016, which, of course, causes everyone, for some bizarre reason, to think that gold should go down, even though there is no relationship between interest rates and gold going down. In fact, some of the best times it's performed is when rates are going up. It's really the real interest rate that is critical. And, of course, real interest rates are still very, very negative, uh, which is uh, very good for gold. But... They put out this uh, problem to everyone. Eh, we're going to have three rate increases, but dot plots are going to have three rate increases in uh, 2017. Which, of course, I, just like last year, I, I can't believe it. There won't be three rate increases, I don't believe. I think the Fed was basically forced to raise rates because the market, the yield market, had already raised the rates. And in fact, they might very well be losing control of the the bond market, the way things are going these days. And they're going to look like they are far behind. As you know, the inflation numbers keep ticking up here because uh, rents, of course, rise fast. Healthcare costs are rising quickly. Uh, there's all sorts of food inflation because of everyone repackages things and makes packages the same size but less content. I mean, there's lots of inflation going on. And when you know the, the Fed takes the interest rate to 0.75, it doesn't begin to condom, uh, offset the, the amount of inflation. So... Uh, but but yet they put out this drivel that the market wants to buy into, uh, not the general market, but the guys who are involved in uh, forcing prices where they like to force them. And you know, we you you and I have had to spend a lot of time reading about the the data on the silver and gold manipulation, so we know what happens. We've always known it, but you can just see it in in these markets when all of a sudden you know ten billion dollars of gold comes for sale which nobody in their right mind could expect that uh, a non-fiscal market like COMEX, that there would be that buyer waiting there. And it's well-known. They just drive the price down. And they had the, um, the, the the slam on silver yesterday. Silver was actually looking very good because it had bottomed previously on November 11th and had been going up for well over a month. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bang. And I just think it's it's the, the cartel uses these pronouncements as times to do things. Not that it bears any relationship to what should happen. Like the election results. I mean, whoever would have thought before Trump got elected that gold would be going down. But I think they'd already decided that post the election results, when Hillary is supposed to win, we're going to run the market up and gold down. Then Trump gets in. Well, what are we going to do, guys? Well, let's just keep doing it. We'll run the market up and drive gold down. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was all pre-programmed. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Anyway, yes, we've had our Fed announcement, and we, you know, we've had gold go down. Uh, as you say, it's very analogous to a 2015, 
uh, I think the thing that we all should take some great comfort with is 95% of the world's population are watching their currencies get eviscerated, and they tend to be the people that want to buy gold So that and silver. So that's the really important part of what's going on in the world. Yeah, let's expand on that a little further, because that is how the markets, if you want to call them that, have responded by spiking the dollar. It's up, what, 7 8%? Uh, in the last five weeks, dollar yen has moved almost 20%. And just the damage worldwide to all these other currencies from developed markets to emerging markets has been enormous. Yeah. And let's not forget, I mean, the guy sitting in London with gold, I mean, he's up 14 or 15% on his currency. And with the euro, he's up 15% with his currency. Canada's up some percentages on their currency. Of course, we all look at it from a North American perspective or an American perspective where it's valued in U.S. dollars, it's gone down. But the rest of the world, uh, China, for example, with their, what, uh, what are they down to, 12% devaluation here? So they, owning gold has been a good thing for people in China, so much so that we end up with these big premiums, which we probably should be chatting about. Yeah, what it, are those two things connected in that sense, Eric? Because that has been a remarkable development since this current sell-off, since the Shanghai Gold Exchange began there. Their yuan-denominated fixes back in April. The premium in Shanghai versus London averaged around one half of one percent for well, seven months, but now it's been steadily climbing since gold has been smashed in the last five weeks, reaching as high as five percent in gold this week and nearly twelve percent in silver. What do you make of that? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, there's some talk that the PBOC is trying to restrict gold imports and. A- of course, the reason they do it is because the money wants to flee the country. And, of course, there's what better way to flee the country than, than to convert one to gold? So the gold demand is up while the supply is maybe being somewhat limited. I can't speak to it uh, professionally. I, I just, you know, that's what you read. Uh, so that's why these premiums have, um, have picked up. And, of course, it's interesting as, as I look at these premiums, as a, an, an individual who owns gold, as an individual who's involved with funds that own gold, I think, well, I better start looking into who can it, can you sell gold in, in, uh, Yuan and, and buy it back, uh, here and take out the art, because that's a significant art, particularly in silver, as you pointed out, and it's almost a 10% difference. So, um, that is very, very meaningful, and I'm sure that some international people must be taking advantage of it here. Uh, of course, the other, one of the other things I think is going to happen is, you know, if you tell people you can't have gold, all the more reason that they want it, and um, not so much in China, but in India. I'm sure that that, that smuggling business in gold is, is seriously going to pick up here, you know, because people don't want to buy it from a jeweler because then they gotta, they're going to have everything recorded and, and the government knows where the gold is, but I think it's going to cause smuggling to, to pick up dramatically in that country, the whole abandonment of the demonetization uh, that they're going through here. And uh, so it's good to know that that both markets really want to, both the biggest parts of the market, China, and they want to own gold. That's a very fundamentally important thing for the future of the gold price. So uh, that that arbitrage may come into ultimately have a, a major impact on what's going to happen here. Because as you know, what happens here is just paper. So it's the physical market that's going to be much more important. Yeah. Eric, let's take a second and look at kind of a whole macro big picture as we enter into 2017 in a couple of weeks, because you mentioned uh, the the Fed may be losing control of the yield curve. And in fact, the yield curve is flattened this week. Short rates have gone up, but long rates haven't kept pace. 
So the yield curve in the U.S. is flattening. You mentioned inflation picking up. We've got China dumping uh, their dollar reserves that are in treasuries and selling their treasuries at a rapid pace, begging the question, who's buying from them? Uh, but a lot of stuff, kind of like that, you know, that proverbial metaphor about the duck, you know, that the duck looks calm on the water, but he's pedaling like crazy underneath. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you see all those pieces fitting together as the calendar flips? Well, you know, rates going up is a death knell for stocks, okay? It's just a death, it's a death knell for the economy. I mean, just think, you know, you go from a 3% mortgage to a 4% mortgage, your cost of carry went up by 33%. Yeah. If it goes up another point, it'll have gone up by 66%. You can't have those things happen and expect the same outcome. You're not going to have the same outcome. So we're going to see housing's got to come under a lot of pressure here. I would think that some subprime auto's got to come under a lot of pressure here. The two things that kept the economy going, housing and autos, they were by far the most most important inputs because of the low interest rates. They're going to start suffering here. And I can't imagine that the Fed thinks that they're going to have an economy that's growing uh, with bonds trading where they are and the pressure on the yields where it is. So it's it's going to have a quick, quick impact on on um, the forthcoming data here as we see housing data coming out and car sales data. You can already sense, I mean, they peaked for sure, but it's now a question of the rate of decline. So it's going to be... Uh, have a dramatic impact negatively on the economy going forward. And, and lost in uh, all of this discussion about how everything is surging, this pro- post-election narrative, we're about to hit 20,000 on the Dow Jones, and you know there's going to be a balloon drop and celebration, and it's going to look like New York uh, Times Square on New Year's Eve. But about the same time, uh, what probably won't get the same amount of attention is the U.S. total debt reaching $20 trillion. Um, <laughs> Do you notice? Yeah, I know you like numbers. Is that kind of interesting how those things are occurring at the same time? Yeah, yeah. That's the debt that's disclosed to us. How about the uh, how about the uh, the the obligations that aren't disclosed to us that are already eighty trillion dollars, you know, and are coming down the line here? I mean, it's just it's and of course the cost of servicing that. You must imagine if you got to pay one hundred percent, hundred beeps more on tw- on uh, on twenty trillion. That's two hundred billion dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's not a little amount of money. Uh, when your budget deficit was six hundred billion, now it could go to eight hundred billion, and that, that's a very significant number. And, and God forbid that rates go a little higher here, that yeah. could that could really negatively affect things. Yeah, makes you wonder if that narrative that's getting pushed so hard uh, is actually going to hold true in seventeen or not. As we do round the corner into seventeen, we'll talk again next week and and maybe even the week after. But you've seen a lot uh, you know, over over your career. Um, 2016, though, has certainly been unique. The way we ran up in price and the shares uh, tripled and quadrupled in some cases, and now we've come all the way back down. Do you have any words of wisdom for everybody out there listening? Yeah, well, you know, I've been there. I've done it. I, I tend to try to stay calm through the whole thing. I'm a huge believer. I mean, you see the things that are going on where, you know, Modi's trying to restrict gold imports. Well, what's that tell you? It just tells you that there's demand for gold, right? That people ultimately want it, and when Countries start messing around with the currencies. There should be more and more interest there. When you see potential economic weakness on a broad scale worldwide, worldwide, forget the states. The more the states goes, gets better theoretically. The worse the rest of the world gets. So there's more of the rest of the world than there is the U.S. And um, so, and all of that, the carnage in the bond market, 
has has to be leaving a bit of a trail of disaster in the financial community somewhere there. There's more bonds owed than there are stocks owed. I can imagine what the results of the pension funds are going to be with bonds having so underperformed this year. I mean, it's just a disaster. Uh, thank God that the stock market's rallying near the end of the year to maybe uh, mitigate some of that loss in the bond market. But um, I guess I'm, I'm calm that uh, I think there's, you, know, you see the, uh, the inventories of gold and the COMEX falling. Uh, you see Shanghai, the demand for product is strong. Even uh, uh, India in November imported over 100 tons of gold. So I think things are kind of okay on the, the physical side of things. And, you know, we have to have the stomach to, uh, to work our way through this thing. And hopefully uh, maybe we could have a, wouldn't it be wonderful you have to kind of start in, 17 that we had in 16. That would be uh, a very welcome um, uh, development. Well, you know, and lastly, Eric, as, as you mentioned, you and I have known about the manipulation and the coercion and, and the price suppression for years. But now that it's been proven and admitted, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm more comfortable than ever just sitting back, taking advantage of the low prices that are uneconomically found this way and adding to my stack and just waiting them out. Yeah. It's just trying to get over the trauma of, of how things happen so fast. It's like watching silver fall by, you know, 80 cents in the day for no apparent reason, particularly while every other metal's going up, you know, like, come on. Yeah. And you, you know somebody, something nefarious is going on there, and ultimately, uh, you know, how do I put it down? Do I put it, okay, the guys are squaring their books for a year end. They, uh, they've orchestrated this price decline. They have been buyers all the way down. Yep. They've been buyers all the way down. It's, it's shocking to me that they can just cover their damn short position and and have a price go lower all the time because they just suck people into making the wrong decision. And then the, once they've got it covered up, away we go again. So let's hope that the, that starts happening. It's the time of year when that should happen. So I think we have that to look forward to. And like we as we started out, this looks a lot like 2015, what we've been through the last 45 days. Maybe the next 45 in 2017 will look like how we started this year. Let's hope so, Eric. Always a pleasure to visit with you. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Okay, Craig. All the best to you. All the best to our listeners. And from everyone here at SprottMoney.com and Sprott Money News, thank you for listening.